and welcome to The Schism. This podcast is all about critical thinking, dot connecting, the nature of reality, and trying to uncover the truth about the world we live in, society, who we are, and where we come from. Hello and welcome to The Schism. I'm joined once again by my co-host Adam. Hello everyone. And today's episode is our end of year special where we will be counting down to the end of 2023 and possibly the end of the world. Oh, it will and truly is the final countdown. Oh God. Oh no. (laughs) Sorry, I just couldn't help myself. Well, Armageddon and World War Three both seem like they could be on the horizon, so we have to wait and see for the New Year's special next year to yeah. see where we're at, really. We could be recording from a bunker. The world might just not be here yeah, any might, longer. may not even make it that far. <laughs> so enjoy it while it lasts, people. But we thought we'd make the final episode of the year a banterful one. Indeed, after having a few cracking interviews back-to-back. Yeah, I feel like the banter bus hasn't pulled up in town for a while, and we wanted to leave the year on a bit of a lighter note. Well, it's been a lot of doom and gloom this year. We have to go out with a bang. Oh. <laughs> oh. So we're recording this a little early, because yeah. I'm going back over to Austria for Christmas, but we're hoping that you know there aren't any great revelations during the time that we record this to the end of the year well, like, we, the, like the second coming of christ yeah. maybe we talked about this last year saying there's a, a wind down period not that dead period after christmas between new year but this is like a wind down even at work you know most people in this period of time how much work are they really doing this <laughs> ask yourself out there right now if you are listening to your podcast are you skiving off at work while listening to this episode a lot of people like when i worked at office job you know, the last few weeks that you were there in December, like everything just come to a grinding halt. People were turning up, but they weren't really doing much work. No. I'm and sure it, there is a lot of hardworking people out there, but yeah. there's a lot of people that are dossing oh, right, yeah. right now. If we didn't mention like the second coming of Christ or something massive that happens during this time, people would be a little bit like, they going to get round to mentioning that Christ came down or they're just missing that out. <laughs> Well, I feel I would argue there's been enough craziness that's already happened in this year alone. Could we even fit it all in a single episode? Well, I kind of feel like if you're looking at the world from the point of view that everything we're fed from the mainstream media is like theatre, it's like a show, like a TV show or a movie. During this period, they just focus like let, let's just have them focused on Christmas, going out, buying useless junk. Like it's all about consumerism. So Black Friday till Christmas, it will be a quiet news month for them weeks. We we won't hit them with too much stuff because you see everything kind of just disappears and it's more just like well, people lose focus. People don't want to even want to focus any salacious celebrities who've got into trouble or what leaders now declared war and what other leaders. Yeah. Most people are just thinking about, oh, what colour of my ball balls are going to go up this year? Are we going to silver and red or gold and red? Is it going to be green and gold or silver and gold? Or... I don't know, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, so they just kind of go, oh, let's, let's not hit them with too much. Just keep it Christmas focused, you know, go out, spend money. like. But the news kind of just stops. Well, that's what January's for in the United Kingdom, because the weather's so brutally horrible in January, we can hit them with the bad news in January, you know. <laughs> Those barrels. It kind of reminds me of, like, 
you know, sitcoms or in Britain we'd say soap operas when they have like Christmas episode and it's like a bit different, you know, they go outside of the town square or whatever, like in EastEnders, like they travel out of Albert Square and go on like, oh, a little Christmas thing or... We've you know, just got the Christmas special this week. Yeah. Whether it be Friends or Coronation Street, we've got our <laughs> Christmas special ready for you. Don't worry about Zelensky and all that nonsense going on in Ukraine. Yeah. We're going to be focusing about all these lovely goods you're going to be buying on TV, like yeah. the abundance of perfume adverts. <laughs> I love perfume adverts. You can't smell the perfume. So how would you know what you're buying? I like the, the Johnny Depp one, Inevitable. It was like just before, like he had that huge court case of Amber Heard and all the rest of it. It was like, you really gonna buy a fragrance from a man that let his wife shit in the bed? Or was it just inevitable? <laughs> the way things are going, it was inevitable that she was gonna lay one out in his bed. Really? They probably come up in a board meeting with Johnny with slogans for it. Them talking about this marriage and where he was going and the bitter inevitable end. <laughs> Mm. He, well, he kept just repeating, it was inevitable, it was inevitable, with his head in his hands, and we thought, inevitable? Oh, yeah, sounds like a great name for a scent. I can see why Amber Heard hasn't like, launched her own like, range of perfumes. Amber Heard. Amber Turd. Amber Turd. For the turd in you. <laughs> I dread to know what they'd smell like. Would she base it upon like a nice scent or what she was notorious for? Would it be a crossover between <laughs> human feces and a miniature dog? Poop? Amber Heard, leave your mark. <laughs> <laughs> the scent that will stay on his sheets for days. <laughs> Wouldn't have worked quite as well. <laughs> oh, brilliant. Well, maybe that's some, some women's thing. So today we wanted to go through the year and also throw in some predictions for down the road as well. But what a year it's been for the schism. Yeah. Had some great guests on the show. Yeah, we couldn't have predicted the success we had this year. Oh, hello. Starting with Mark Devlin. Yeah, what a great way to kickstart January. Yeah, that was a classic episode yeah. talking about the dark side of the music industry, the satanic side, you could say. And that was even before Sam Smith came out dressed as gay Satan at yeah. the Grammys. That's true. I wonder what uh, the legend Mark himself might think about that. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it wasn't much more in your face than that. Sometimes, literally, him shaking it in your face. I mean, I was even struggling to breathe at one point. <laughs> Not from sheer shock, it was more asphyxiation. <laughs> but yeah, we covered Sam Smith's performance in our second Gender Wars episode, which was a lot of fun. But um, didn't actually get to talk to Devlin about that because it hadn't happened yet. But it's kind of funny because a lot of the themes that we were talking about, like these pop stars, like Good Girl Gone Bad, bad or whatever, like we were talking about Britney and everything else, we've seen that in real time happen with Sam Smith, mm. you could describe as a Good Girl Gone Bad. <laughs> <laughs> but also people like Doja Cat, who went from being like, oh, just, she just seems like normal girl next door to a satanic demon. Well, it's like, what the hell? I know, they're all just turned into the horned devil himself. Yeah, and like Sam Smith, when you go back and look what he used to be like, he didn't used to be like that. No, no, And then never. suddenly he's like, got nipple tassels on, he's like, come to the body shop, and you're like, where is this come from? Yeah, and somehow I don't picture him listening to Slayer. <laughs> or Pantera, or any of those bands that love Satan. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, right. 
it's kind of more like palatable, isn't it? When it is like some like heavy metal band like flirting with that sort of imagery. Yeah. And then when it's suddenly like Sam Smith or Doja Cat, you're like, how does this fit with the like previous aesthetic or the music or you know what I mean? Like, when it's sort of hand in hand with just like pop music that seems like it's aimed at let's be honest, kids and queers. Well, yeah. <laughs> Especially the children. Which seem to go more and more together these days. <laughs> Doesn't even feel weird saying it. No. Is, that, is that a new event, is it? Uh, part of the LGBT kids and queers? Was it a festival? <laughs> Hang on, is that kids and queers or... Was Sam Smith kid... headlining? Or was it kids with queers? <laughs> We've also had the holy trinity of episodes with Michael Feely. Yep. First one being about extraterrestrials and the paranormal. Second one, Ancient Egypt, which we wanted to cover for ages. And the third one on the hidden codes within the Bible. We've had a lot of feely work. A lot of feely work. Touching yeah. feely work. Yeah, we had our Epstein deep dive with Johnny Vedmore. Yes. Sounds like deep dive, like you're like deep sea diving around the island to see if there's any bodies. <laughs> <laughs> Anything that Epstein's left behind. Yeah, but we had um, some rumble activity going on there as well Mm. like quite a lot of content with johnny that uh you can't find anywhere else but on rumble where we've uh, taken a deep dive into not only epstein but pottinger yeah his uh, cover-up guy who is majorly invested in the case and um yeah more more recently the we've interviewed the legend max eigen yeah Talking about silent weapons for quiet wars. The secret covert war being waged on humanity. Yeah, well we had him uh, on the notebook for quite some time. So it was lovely to get round to Mm. actually speaking to Max. And then finally, Zachary King. The former head of the World Church of Satan. So it's been a mixed bag. Oh, don't forget we also had one with Neil as well. Yep, schism favourite Neil Haig was... Back on the show, yeah, to talk about his book, Journeys in the Dreamtime. Yeah, always welcome here. Yeah, so I think it's been a fantastic year in terms of guests. But please um, hit us up on our Instagram at schism.tv to tell us who you would like us to interview in 2024 or even what you'd like us to talk about. Yeah, anything on the tip of your tongues that you think these guys just haven't talked about this, why not ask us? Yeah. Send us anything you like. Not dick pics. Yeah, we've been here before, guys. Nothing yeah. crude. You can send us a private email address. <laughs> send us pictures of your tits, but not your dicks. Okay? <laughs> no, we've we've never received... See, we've never received see, one yet. Like that anyway. no. Thank God. Yeah, it sounds like I'm desperate to, to get. receive it. Yeah. yeah. It's like reverse psychology. <laughs> what, do they want me to send a picture of my dick? So it's been quite an eventful year for me, too, personally. Become a new father which I've spoken about on the podcast. Yeah, you have. And uh, on our Fever Dream episode, I kind of went through what my experience was at the hospital in Austria. It was sort of in the wake of COVID, I guess, but a lot of the precautions were still in place. But I've, I've had another recent experience, actually, when I've gone to take my daughter for her first checkups, let's say, and each time they've been talking about vaccines, not the... Not the (laughs) mRNA COVID ones, but just vaccines in general. And I've kind of put it off and put it off. And then we went there this time around. She's like eight months now. And it's like, right, check up. We've got to go there. And I was like, I really want to talk to the doctor today. Because I kind of, I guess that whole pandemic era 
through the very idea of vaccines up in the air for me. Because mm. I was sort of thinking, well, I don't trust these mRNA ones, but it made me sort of look into the whole thing and start to question jabs in general. And be like, do we really need them? Are they responsible for all kinds of problems from ADHD and autism in kids to things like Parkinson's and dementia and all sorts of yeah. things in, in adults? So I, I wanted to speak to the doctor about this and just say, you know, like, I, I kind of started it off by saying, like, I'm pretty much what you may call now an anti-vaxxer. She kind of laughed, but I was like, I, I do have strong opinions about it, but I guess today I just wanted to talk to you and, and ask you a few questions. Well, you said to her that you'd had all your inoculations when you were a kid. You know? Yeah, which I felt was just unquestioned. Like, we, mm. we brought this up the other day. You know, you, you had all your jabs when you were a kid. Not anywhere near the amount of jabs that kids get today, by the way. Yeah, they, it was yeah. more like half a dozen. Now, if you want to give them everything available... The plateau of <laughs> vaccines. Yeah, the, the whole smorgasbord. <gasps> it's over 60 or something crazy. Jesus. It's like 60 jabs. They're going to come out looking like baby version of Hellraiser, just covered in like, <laughs> needles poking out of every part of their body. Have I come for your soul? <laughs> <laughs> I have such sights to show you. <laughs> Mental that that's now available, you know, ten times the amount of jabs that, that we had. But we're sort of looking at more like the basic ones. Yeah. But you and me were saying, like, we, we had all ours, no, no questions asked. Even at school. You know, everyone got their... BCG. BCG jab. It's not like anyone at the time really was like, do we really need this? What's in it? What are the potential repercussions of this? Like, it was just like, yeah, going to school. I mean, a few kids didn't have it at my school, I remember. And they were like, oh, yeah, my parents said I didn't didn't need it or they didn't want me to have it but 95 percent of kids it was like they just an odd got it. one or two wasn't there but some of them, the kids at my school that didn't get it were like religious reasons like, yeah right like whether they were jewish or the hindu Sikh, muslim I can't, Same. I can't remember yeah yeah but it didn't feel like it was for any other reasons out outside of that i mean well, it was a thing at my school there was a thing at my school where kids were going up to you in the hallway or whatever after you got it done and going, BCG, punching you on the oh, arm. Oh, yeah, yeah, well, you just had you it done. Got, well, you just had it done. That was painful. I mean. Some like, people had really bad reactions, like Defran, one of our friends, that if you're a long-time listener of The Schism, was on our first few episodes that we put out, because we went to the same school. His BCG turned really septic, <sighs> and his whole arm swelled up, and it was all... Pussy and really nasty. Like, like I knew quite a few people that had quite gammy like wounds or whatever, and you think, like, what the fuck was in this thing? Well, you always were left with a mark from it. Every even now, I bet every adult, especially if you're British, roll up your arm, and I bet you can find your BCG scar because I could find mine. Yeah, I can't imagine the kids these days like the snowflakes that wore a mask and complied with all the covid rules like being like bcg like whacking each other in the arm yeah no, do you think they were like punching each other in their like covid arms no they're like don't don't hurt that that's my vaccine i got it to protect the elderly it's like different generation us lot were like these ones all swollen get him twice Yeah, so back to the doctors. So I'm sitting there with this lady. I'm like telling her that I'm a bit concerned about my daughter getting these jabs. And I kind of said to her, look, you know, I kind of just want to run through with you today, like the dangers. And she was a nice lady. She was very honest. And the first thing that she said was like, well, you know, 
These vaccines have heavy metals in them, like aluminium, mm. and th- these have been linked to, in later life, things like Parkinson's and dementia and cognitive di- disorders and stuff. Yeah. Disorders, I guess. And I said to her, like, yeah, right, like, you know, like, what? Why have they got heavy metals in them? Why? Why have they got things like aluminium in these jabs? Which she replied, I don't know. And that's no slight on her for being ignorant either, because she quickly followed that up with saying, I've asked many times, no one's ever been able to give me a straight answer. I've never got an answer to that question. And I was um, like, wow, like, that is troubling. But the fact that. But props to her for being honest, at the very least. Honest at the very least, but uh, not fundamentally strange that she carries on within that profession giving advice to people about jabs and jabbing children. Yeah. Well, she was unhappy about it. I'll give her that. Like, that's why she was. That's why she was honest about it. But she she then went on to say, "Look, your daughter's not even a year old. I probably wouldn't recommend it now unless you're really worried about it. And I'll tell you why. Because everything that you give a child when they're the age that she is goes directly into their brain. Doesn't matter what it is, whether it's food or the contents of this jab. And that could be really dangerous. So your 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 risks are much." lowered if you give her whatever jabs you decide after she's one years old because it won't go directly to her brain in the same way as when she's you know a newborn or a very young infant and i was like okay that's great to know and we will wait because yeah. we're not super paranoid about it in my mind, I'm thinking, I'm, I'm, I'm wondering whether to even... You'll start calling your mum. I'm like, mum, what jabs did I get when I was young? <laughs> <laughs> no, right, exactly. But it's not just up, up to me either. It's my partner. It's, you know. Yeah, so then, so then I replied to her like, so why, if that's the case, are so many parents in such a rush to get their children jabbed before that one year? And she said, because the doctors tell them to. The doctors tell them that... Don't know the cause and effect of what they're telling them. The doctors say, oh yeah, your kids are due to get their jab, and that's it. It's like they don't tell them the dangers. It's almost as much what they don't tell them as what they do. But she just replied by saying, well, the doctors tell them to. Maybe in other countries as well, like I know like America especially, they might be like, right, if you get them to take these jabs, you'll get more money or whatever else. Yeah. It's just easier for them to go, well, the jabs are due, so get them. I feel like, in a sense, it was only because I pulled her to one side and was like, can you tell me the dangers, blah, blah, blah. And then she was like, well, you know, your kid's not even one years old yet. You, you, you could wait. The risks would be massively lowered. It's like, what if I never asked? Yeah. <laughs> you just wouldn't have told me that? And she would have been well, she said, didn't you, jabbed up like a good one? Didn't you ask her something like, well, why is it that parents choose to give their kids no vaccinations then? Well, yeah, I sort of followed up by saying, like, right, so... Is there some people you see that didn't give their kids any jabs? And she said, yeah, there's parents here that have given their kids no jabs and their kids are absolutely fine. And there's parents that have and their kids are fine too. It all kind of boils down to you as a parent and how worried you are. And also how informed you must be as well, because the stuff you're worried about, should you be worried about? Like what we saw during the... The whole pandemic. <laughs> yeah, right. It all just depends on how paranoid you are, how pumped full of fear you are. Mm. That's what it actually boils down to. Whether you can stand up and say, I don't think my kid needs these, and despite what I'm being told, I'm fine, thank you very much, or not. Which I did find interesting, because I just thought, how much do we need these things? And we were even talking about 
you know, obviously the very basic ones, like the ones that we've had for polio, meningitis, the classics, Mm. you know, the classics. It's that age-old thing, isn't it, where you're like, but no one dies from shit like polio anymore. And someone might make the case, yeah, but that's because everyone's jabbed from it. It's like, but is it that? Or is it the fact that we have clean sanitation now? now. You know what I'm saying? The world's a very different place. So diseases that people used to die from in the past... There might just not be an issue now. Obviously, if you live in a third world part of the world or Africa or something, you might need to rush out and get all these jabs. But when it's in the West, is it literally, as the doctor said, just a case of, well, it depends on how worried you are. You don't really need them. And what are the consequences of getting them? How scared are you of how ill your child could get? Oh, I'm pretty scared, but how scared? Yeah, yeah. You know, are you what? scared enough to get let them get an experimental jab that we know nothing about and why there's metals in there? Or are you a little bit scared? Well, I was more scared of heavy metals or, you know, aluminium or whatever being directly going to her brain than I was of her contracting some disease or something. I mean, that is fucking troubling. And and the fact that I'm like, so why are they in there? I couldn't tell you. But I'll tell you what else she said as well, because I, I, I started talking about mRNA and she said don't have any of them jabs here because it's obviously her you know a private clinic, clinic and she said and if they ever tried to get us to push that stuff i'd close this place down there you go she felt so strongly about it and i and i said i take it you haven't had your mrna covid jabs and she was like no way there you wow. go yeah put it this way all the doctors advising you to get it were probably getting some sort of financial benefit from giving you that advice yeah, or told that their hospitals would close down if they didn't or something. There was, there was, there was some uh, agenda behind it, for sure. So on the subject of the Jibby Jabs, there's been a lot of 2023 revelations, but most of the general public just don't seem to care. Well, mainly because the mainstream media skate over all those. Yeah, but there's like huge amounts of excess deaths every week in the UK and the rest of the world. Mm. Thousands of people each week are dying. We've said many times before, it's unexplained and... Well, there was that case in America, like 600,000 insurance claims against vaccine injuries in the last three years. But no one knows how this happened. Oh, I'll put my hand up and I'll take a little <laughs> shot at it. <laughs> yeah, and then now there's been this like recent whistleblower in New Zealand that's leaked all this data regarding deaths linked to the jabs and he's actually categorized all the batches and he's saying this is the percentage of people that have died from this one and i think the highest one was like nearly 25 percent it's like yeah. one in four people that had this certain batch gotta love my kiwis i lived in new zealand <laughs> mate yeah they're rebels over there but he's kind of said that he was in a unique position because in in other countries like britain or america there'd be whole teams of people or a whole team of people working on this. But in New Zealand, because it's a relatively small country, it was just him. Mm. And he's got to a point where he's so alarmed by the data and riddled with guilt, I guess, that he's like, I have to release this to the public. And since doing so, I've heard that he's been raided by the... Police or coming out of house boxes full of documents and stuff. Yeah, yeah, like this like guy's house has been raided and he's been taken down for releasing this information. But it is now out there in the world. But like I said, most people just don't seem to care. No. Or they would think, well, that's just New Zealand. It's like if it was happening there, it's happening everywhere. Yeah. He's not alone. 
He's not the only one in the entire world putting all this information together. Yeah, but he's he's the only one that has released it so far. You would hope that this would start some kind of a chain reaction because there's a lot of people out there that would know similar data connected to their but country. Then again, you see what happened to him when he did release it. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's part of it, like set, setting an example. Like, well, we kind of ruined his life and uh, raided his home immediately, and now he's God knows where. I'm just, know. I'm just glad they can't do the Ramsey Theon treatment on him. You know what I mean? <laughs> From Game of Thrones. I mean, they can't be that barbaric. <laughs> or can they? But yeah, there's in Britain, there's also been this recent uh, COVID inquiry, right? We were talking about this the other day, that there was like a load of doctors that went into the Houses of Parliament. Yeah, and, we've had Michael Gove, Boris Johnson, Dominic Rabb, all the main players we talked about for the last two years, really. Yeah, and have, have they? am I right in understanding that they've had to now... Well, listen a, to well, well, doctors to, or well, no they've had to listen to impact statements from families lives that have been ruined mainly this is the whole narrative that's been sold by this covid inquiry in the united kingdom which is just bullshit i'll, I'll add right there an absolute whitewash it's because the narrative is how could have we done things differently to stop more people dying and get and getting hurt from covid mm, right. which is now playing to the fact that it was a real thing and they have all these impact statements from witnesses and families whose loved ones were rushed to the hospital and spent too long waiting to get seen. Uh-huh. Probably spent too long waiting on a ventilator they didn't need. But ultimately, the whole... It stinks to high heaven, basically. Yeah, right. So it it's, it, it's neither about the people, like you said, that were actually killed from ventilators or being put on midazolam and no. the live drugs when they didn't need to be. So it's... It's not about that, and it's not people. It's not about people being injured by the vaccine. It's about surprise, surprise. Oh, people died of COVID because they weren't seen too early. Yeah. And what's that drumming into you? Oh, the next time something like this happens, that's the main issue. Is is getting to the problem even quicker? And well, the worst thing I heard was just drumming home the fact that it was even real. Some woman's mother had a heart attack, and she was saying because there were too many ambulances out dealing with picking up so many people that were dying from COVID that her mother had to wait too long. But mm. she was blaming that on the government's inability to deal with COVID, not the fact that they probably shouldn't have been rushing up picking up people who were just coughing. <laughs> yeah. And meanwhile, the excess deaths just get no coverage. And we know that everything from cancer to blood clots to strokes and heart attacks have just gone through the roof. But that's never talked about in and the not, mainstream. Yeah, and not documented either, because while they were sitting there striking all these things off as COVID-related, the actual statistics of things, man, you could just make up wherever you want. Yeah. And then yeah. make them look like COVID deaths. But possibly the scariest thing coming next year is this treaty that all the um, countries might sign, looks likely that they will, to grant the WHO power in the event of the next pandemic, which obviously the likes of Bill Gates has said is right around the corner. But that would be terrifying because if the WHO were deciding, like, right, we're going to go mandatory lockdowns, face masks, testing, vaccines. And if you don't comply, you won't go to one of our special quarantine camps. Don't worry. They're state of the art. As in, basically, they're a prison. <laughs> Yeah, imagine if they made all that stuff mandatory or even like the law or... Who would you even complain to? 
You're like government would be like, oh, you know, it's well, not up to us. Well, put it this way, we've always wanted to interview Ian Brown, and if we get locked up in one of these establishments, there's a good chance he will be in there with us, <laughs> and we will have the lead singer of the Stone Roses, who never talks to anyone, who will be finally be able to talk to Ian. From a quarantine camp. You know. <laughs> Dr. Evil in his needle. Big shout to Ian Brown. Yeah, love his anti-pandemic tunage that he was pumping out during that era. But he's a pretty private guy. I don't think he likes to give interviews, but he might change his tune when he's in a camp with us. <laughs> oh, we'll get a tune out of him. But there might be another COVID on the horizon. I know we've said that many times before, but this new white lung or walking pneumonia, they can't make up their mind which one to call it. It's like, why don't we put both out there and see which one takes first? Which one's scarier? You got walking pneumonia, could get you when you're just walking along. Like the original photos from China where people were just dead on the street. Or white lung. Because it could sound like black lung. You know, those guys down in the coal in Britain got those really filthy lungs and then they had that whole lore that they couldn't go down to the, the coal mines anymore because of the black lungs they were coming out with. What's worse than black lung? Oh. White lung. We got it. Sounds like it's covered in cobwebs. Dusty. <laughs> you can clean a black lung. White lung? Forget it. So this is from the newspaper The Express. Virus overwhelming hospitals in China. Now, like COVID and threat to UK, a mysterious virus dubbed walking pneumonia is sweeping through China and the UK is now a threat, according to, you guessed it, experts. The respiratory virus bringing China to its knees is now considered to be like COVID-19, which means the UK is under threat. Countries neighbouring China, including India, have raised their alert levels to high following the rapid spread of white lung pneumonia. It always comes out from the same place in the world. China. <laughs> China. Every time. No, but I like the way, like, in the first sentence, they're like, a mysterious virus dubbed walking pneumonia, and then cu- couple down, they're like, the rapid spread of, of white lung. It's like, oh, you just changed the... Na- like, which, which is it? Well, we're kind of, you know, test bedding both. Yeah, well, I think it's funny. The alerts are in place to, in a bid to prevent... The virus, the alerts, like, the alerts are enough to prevent it. As soon as the virus cottons on, everyone's talking about it. Oh, shit. They've alerted everyone now. Can't, oh. do, can't do anything. But our similarities to COVID-19. I mean, oh, come on, please. Will they stop comparing everything to COVID-19 now? From spreading out of China, yeah, it's got that in common, and impacting countries around the world, just as COVID-19 did at the end of 2019. Now, I would argue still impacting the world right now, as we speak. So, yeah. The respiratory disease has already begun to overrun hospitals in Beijing after the number of infected patients, it's like Resident Evil, have risen dramatically over the last few months. Face masks and social distancing have already been recommended. So they're just like, they're just recommending the same stuff as last time that didn't work. Yeah. We already know what to do. All the stuff we did last time that didn't work. But quicker. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, that's now been launched to help slow the spread. Many schools remain closed. Yeah, Young mean, people just just don't give them any ed- education at all now. Why bother? I saw that it has come to Europe, but they're not that confident that it's going to hit the UK. Yeah, it says last week it was reported that pneumonia cases in Denmark and the Netherlands have reached epidemic levels as they become the latest European countries to see worrying increases in children with the illness. But... If this is indeed happening, then it's just an ab- it's just an adverse 
reaction from the jabs. There's literally, if you go through the Pfizer pages and pages of adverse re reactions, there's reactions there that, that describe white lung or whatever you want to call it perfectly. Well, we know They're telling you, we, is this? We know it's another respiratory illness. That's what white lung has been described as, is another respiratory illness. Well, We're just going with white lung. Yeah, we've, we've ditched walking pneumonia. Pneumonia, it sounds like the walking dead. That's what it is. White, white lung's just catchy. Like, he's got the white lung. The white lung, you know. You have some like Northerner, like, my dad died of black lung, and now my youngest has died from white lung. There's no shades of grey with me. <laughs> God, that's dark. Dark as dad when he used to come back from a coal mine. <laughs> <laughs> He'd be done for blackface these days, but he was a hero. Now he's got white lung, my cousin. The only white he'll be seeing is the white at the end of that tunnel. When we lose him. He loved tunnels. He spent his life in them. Right. It goes on to say, Now some Indian states are bracing themselves for the virus to spread through the country by increasing medical supplies and briefing staff. India has been alerted. It is not known if and when this new disease may, may spread further around Europe. University of Reading virologist Professor Ian Jones told the Daily Star... So you know it's true. A reliable source. That Britain might get away with it this season because we have a small physical break from Europe. I thought he was going to say we have a small physical brain. <laughs> that too. He said the important point is that this sort of bounce back should be expected and the public health system should be aware of it. It's quite funny, like, Britain might get away with it this season. You get away with it. Lucky. Some people might not be so fortunate, <laughs> like the whole continent of Asia and India. Although, speaking of that, what I find is funny is, if it's impacting India, I mean, I'm sorry, where is all their money going to come from for fighting a virus? Because surely their money's gone somewhere else, hasn't it? <laughs> oh yeah, the India space launch. I'm sorry, India, if you're thinking you're going to be fighting off another pandemic... Yeah, that... <laughs> That was something that happened this year that we never like actually got the chance to talk about. It, it was the time was never right. No, it wasn't. No, but we did watch it, and <laughs> Jesus, I mean, I I've gone back and recently watched a lot of stuff on the moon, moon landing from the nineteen sixties. Yeah, and I'm now at the point where I think that is just a complete hoax. Yeah. If you look at the footage, especially if you watch stuff of people going through it or and saying, look, this doesn't make sense. If you were in a zero gravity, this wouldn't happen. Right. Or look at the way the flag is. They completely dissect the whole thing. And you're like, yeah, this, this doesn't make sense. Look at the reflection in the helmets. How did they film this shot if no one was left on the moon? How, like, there's so much that doesn't add up. Then on top of that, you've got you've got the president calling the guys on the moon from like his red phone, phone. or whatever. There's like a bloody landline. It's not even a special phone. Good job, guys. Yeah, he's like, hello, is that the moon? <laughs> yes, Mr. President, we are here. And then you look at the actual spaceship and it literally looks like it's made out of bloody tinfoil. And it's like Wallace and Gromit or something. Well, it, like. it looks like a colander out of your mum's kitchen cabinet. <laughs> uh, the thing you sort of strain water with and just with some weird bits coming out the side. Yeah, and then we're just sort of told, oh, yeah, the reason that we've not gone back to the moon. like We, we lost the technology. It's like that thing. Looks like you could make that again in an afternoon. A lot of people rumoured that it was Stanley Kubrick that helped the Americans famously forge the film. Yeah. I mean, there is a, a, a sort of, I, I believe, to be fake confession 
from Kubrick. You can even see this on like YouTube where he says, oh, it was, smile. All, it was all fake. I think that clip is ironically fake. But a lot of people say, if you look at his movies, there's clues all throughout his movies. I've seen a lot of stuff from The Shining, yeah. including the little kid's top, what, the sweater he's wearing at oh, one point. Right, yeah. It says like, the Apollo mission has got a little rocket on it. And there's loads of clues within the movie to do with the moon landing, like he was trying to tell us something. But, you know, as the sort of myth goes, the intelligence saw 2001 Space Odyssey and was like, this looks so good. This is the only man for the job. And I guess if he did do it, he thought he was doing it for his country and to win the Cold War. And it was for the great good. You get some damn commies. Yeah, but on on top of that, you've got the footage of all the astronauts when they came back from the mission, looking miserable as hell. Yeah, they were full of beans before they went, but when they come back, you think they'd be elated, but they look like they want to kill themselves, and they're like someone. answering one word answers to questions and just looking into the middle distance, like so deflated, and they just couldn't hide the fact that they had this crushing disappointment. They was- Spun round in a teacup. Yeah, they for did the ten minutes. Yeah, they did not look like men that had just come back from like the moon and this amazing journey. It's even touched in the series The Crown, where uh, Charles uh, meets Neil Armstrong and Buzz Aldrin and and they and ask them about the moon and they're completely like nonchalant about it and he's just like what? Like, it really kind of disappoints him. And all the romanticism is, is, is lost in it because they have, have none of that in them, which they you know what, this would was, have. This was fucking Aldrin's and Armstrong's fault because if they'd been a little bit more attentive and got Charles into space, we wouldn't have all this climate change guru <laughs> bullshit. Why do well, they we'll let talk him... about that in a bit. <laughs> but yeah, but India, space program. I mean, the Americans, yay. China, sure so. The Russians, well, we know Russia have been against the Americans for as long as we can remember, but India. India, a country with rampant poverty, starvation, (laughs) you would not go for a swim in the Ganges in your underwear, or at all, for that matter of fact. Yeah, they've decided it's a good idea to spend God knows how many untold billions (laughs) on a moon landing. And the footage that they gave us, oh my God, it looked like, is PlayStation 1 like giving it too much credit? No, 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 yeah, it was... Yeah, it's below that. Below that. Let's go... Below Mega Drive, even. Like yeah. Commodore. It, it, it could be Sega Master System. 8-bit to 16-bit, shall we call it? <laughs> it's like yellow spaceship <laughs> landing on this sort of surface of the moon that looked like it was just just squared off, pixelated. You're like, this is just a... What, what am I even looking at? But that's all that we were given. It was just like, yes, and then all these people celebrating and stuff, and you're like... Okay, you showed it this weird simulation thing. Like, when are we going to see? No, oh, that's all you're getting. Yeah. Or the actual. I think even <laughs> even the actual footage of the of it land. Oh yeah, they did from, show some, which was meant to be from the actual. And again, it was like do 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 do. I was watching like GoldenEye N64. It's just this blocky thing. I was like, what the fuck's that? Well, you know what? They had all those state of the art equipment to get a rocket up there, but no one thought when they were attaching <laughs> attaching cameras not to use a camera phone off a Nokia eighty one ten. We should have used slightly better cameras. <laughs> no I mean, one can tell we landed on the moon. I guess they would just say, "Well, up there in space, that's the best that we could give you." And it's like, "What? So you can land on the moon, but you don't have sophisticated enough technology to record it in a way that we can actually see it, and also 
they did it in the 60s, so why can't you do it now? now and furthermore still, you're a country of rampant poverty. If you'd spent, let's just call it, I don't know, a billion rupees that cost to get that rocket up in the sky. We don't know how much that is. But, that might be like 10 quid, a billion <laughs> rupees. I don't know the conversion rate. Yeah, let's just say a lot of money. Let's say billions of dollars. dollars We're yeah. safe there. Yeah, but, how much could that do to build schools, hospitals, feed the starving population? Oh, you know what? I can picture the poor little orphans in the street. Mummy, will I get to eat this week? No, Ali, you will not. But don't worry, there is a man from India on the moon now. <laughs> not now, he's back home. Yeah. And you will still be starving, but he went to the moon! I know, it seems this sort of bizarre thing, like there's no real sort of point, it feels like, to go in there, but it's like, see that big rock in the distance? Been there. Yeah, nothing up there though. No well, no atmosphere. The lie that we're told, like, oh, the reason that, it, that we haven't gone back over all this time in the West is because we've lost the technology, is so ridiculous, because in the same breath they're like, but we're going to Mars, like Mars no problem, but the moon, oh yeah, we've lost the technology to do that, but... We've got all these great plans for Mars. It's like, okay. Another thing with that as well, because have you watched all the like confession videos of Buzz Aldrin, where he's like, we never went there. He's just sort of got to the point now where he's old, really old, and he's just sick and tired of it. He's even like him sitting down with kids and they ask him these sorts of questions. Like, what was it like? And then he's like, it would have been good, but it never happened. That's the truth. I'm afraid to say it, but it never happened. He just looks into the kid's eyes and he's like, I can't keep up this charade. I can't lie to you. He's at conferences saying it to whole crowds who are just sort of nervously laughing when he's like, we never went. It never happened. Well, people claim claiming it's down to him being senile. and Why is he getting booked then? Losing his shit. He's yeah. mental. Why is he doing a conference then? <laughs> you, don't, you don't book insane people. Because if you did, I would have geeks everywhere every weekend. <laughs> is he senile and completely... Off his box? If so, why is he with children? <laughs> why is he <laughs> even allowed out? I believe there's a basement space next to where they kept Biden. <laughs> That's fit for all true. But you can see it in his eyes. He's like, I can't continue telling this lie anymore. We didn't go. I believe him, personally. I think the footage is a fucking joke. And that's talking about what we saw in the 60s. That it really is like comparing like Stanley Kubrick, like one of the best directors that's ever been in Hollywood, to, no offence, Bollywood. Yeah. But coming back down to earth from our India moon landing, we uh, had another bit of scaremongering from the sun this season. A bit more seasonal, this little bit. So this, this was an article put out by the sun... Stealth signs, the six sneaky cancer symptoms you might notice while decorating your Christmas tree. <laughs> and there's a picture of like, someone hanging up a ball ball. Oh, otherwise someone, someone hanging up a rope to hang themselves. <laughs> yeah. Right. It says decorating your Christmas tree is one of the many joys of the festive season. But if you find the normal easy task seems more difficult than previous years, could be time to see a doctor. <laughs> it's mm. like nothing is sacred. We want you to be pumped full of fear, even when you're hanging the decorations up this year. <laughs> I mean, one minute you're hanging up the ball balls and beads, the next thing you know, you're checking your pulse and your heart rate. It says potential red flags. Oh, I've got a few of them that I was hanging off it. From breathlessness to pain in your shoulder. <laughs> pain in your shoulder. Which one? And each could be a sign of cancer. Oh, God. Each, each shoulder? Dr. Julie Sharp 
Head of Health and Patient Involvement at Cancer Research UK said, If you notice a change to your health that's unusual for you or isn't going away, contact your GP as soon as you can. Change your health. I mean, this could be old people wondering if they're going to be able to pay their heating bills this Christmas. I'm shivering. Well, that's because you can't afford the heating on then. (laughs) That was one of the six stealthy signs. So, here's the signs. One, dizziness. I've been going round and round this Christmas tree. Uh, I'm starting to get one of the six sides. Dizziness at Christmas. What with the repetitive <laughs> mince pies, the music. Same music, the same fucking songs on the radio over and over again. I think everyone's a little bit dizzy after four weeks. It says feeling lightheaded every now and then is usually nothing to worry about. That's mum that's yeah. making the Christmas dinner, drinking all that wine, mate. <laughs> now it is. So if you notice yourself getting a little dizzy during your Christmas prep, there's likely no need to panic. I feel a bit dizzy and it's only breakfast. You did have that champagne this morning with the salmon and the eggs. I mean, you didn't need to drink the whole bottle. Well, I'd opened it. <laughs> But if the sensation persists, oh, for more than a couple of days, you should speak to your GP. Well, unlikely, why say it then? (laughs) Dizziness and feeling off balance can be a sign of blood pressure. Feeling off balance. Could be that bottle of Burley's. Uh, Before lunchtime. What's your your doctor going to say after two days of you being on the piss? I know, breathlessness. (laughs) You're like full to the the rafters with like mince pies, pigs in blankets. (laughs) And you'll just put in and you're like, oh, I'm showing sign number two here. That's because you haven't stopped to take any breath in since you've been eating, aren't Feeling breathless frequently or after tasks usually considered light is something else to watch out for. It's one of the primary symptoms of lung cancer. Okay, thanks. I mean, all of this, by the way, is because cancer is soaring. Yeah, I wonder why that might be. Yeah, because <laughs> of the jibby jabs. But they're just... Like, let's just normalise it. Can we do it in a festive way? Way. Yeah. Yeah. Make it seem as if cancer strikes people more at Christmas. (laughs) Right in the real spirit and cheer of things. Why don't we pair it up with putting decorations on the tree? Like it. Like it, it, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, even ruin that for them. Three, aches and pains. Stringing fairy lights around the tree or reaching to put the star on the top could result in some light discomfort. But unexplained or persistent aches and pains can also be a sign of cancer. So, unexplained or persistent. Nan, how many of those Brussels sprouts did you had at the dinner table? Oh, I think I'm going to have a coronary. The heart's going. I can't. Oh, God. Nan, I swear it's to do all those coniferous vegetables you've been eating. <laughs> oh. You just needed to fart now, Nestle. You won't have an heart attack. So see, the location of these could indicate the type. Chest pain for lung cancer, but it could also mean disease has spread. This is a sign you need a health screening. Four, croaky voice. <laughs> After like a night on the lash, you're like, oh, fucking hell. Wait a minute, that's sign number four. Breathlessness, check, eggs and pains, fucking hell. Not those. Crooky voice, oh God. Those 20 bends on the hedges you smoked out on Christmas Eve. <laughs> a bottle of whiskey. The whole bottle of vape fluid you just tore through that night. One of the most iconic things about Christmas is the music. And families often blare festive tunes while putting decorations up. If you find yourself singing along to Mariah Carey's classic, Jesus, All I Want For Christmas, they're talking about cancer. <laughs> <laughs> you you could sound hoarse. It might be worth making an appointment with your doctor. That's Honestly. Really, that's really taken the fun out of my uh, secret little 
Christmas song. That's my, that's my secret favourite one. Five, fatigue. Like, who's not tired of fucking Christmas? Oh, my God. Doing any kind of physical activity, including housework and adorning ornaments, can be a little tiring. Oh. But if you're feeling tired for no reason, it could be a sign that something's wrong. Six, sweating. <laughs> Winter in the UK is usually chilly. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So layers are vital when heading outside. But once you enter a warm, cosy building, your body temperature can quickly shoot up, even without the extra clothes. If this is a hot feeling accompanied by excessive sweating, <laughs> it could be a symptom to monitor. How many people have got a sweaty uncle at Christmas? Or yeah, but sweating buckets themselves yeah, because but they've, sweat- they've eaten so much food they've got the meat sweats. Yeah, and that sweaty uncle's probably already 20 stone. <laughs> he's, he's probably sweating because he should be sweating because of his sheer size. But of all the sort of garbage they put up at Christmas, they didn't used to be linking like, you know, putting up your decorations with like cancer, cancer. symptoms. No. They're doing, why are they doing this? They're doing this because a load of these excess deaths are all different types of cancer. And it's very obvious that the damaging of the immune system from the chippy jabs has made the cancer go through the roof. And there is the Pfizer data to prove it. Well, Robert... As well as the New Zealand whistleblower. Yeah, Robert Malone did warn us about this, didn't he? Yeah. He did say... It's a ticking time bomb. It's a ticking time bomb. No one knows what the short to medium to long term effects are of mRNA vaccines. And now we are seeing it. I've seen some mad stuff recently about these coroners and embalmers saying that they believe that the part of what is in people is these parasites. And they're saying what they're actually finding in people's arteries and stuff afterwards is like the dead parasites. And when they're in the body, they're hatching, they're laying eggs. I mean, it's so fucking disgusting when you're hearing about it. And they're like, oh, yeah, and they're also like part tech, like part nanotech and part parasite that's like dormant when it's in the vats. But when the, when it goes into a host, it suddenly becomes alive. But then it's like self-assembling. So you're like thinking to yourself, bloody hell, if this is true, like, have they literally made these synthetic parasites? God, this is like a nightmare from aliens. Yeah, it's crazy, but that's like the latest kind of really out there stuff I've been watching on it. I'm saying out there, I mean, the people that are saying this, they are literally just embalmers or people that have been working with... It's like you said, they've the got, body's after. They've got to throw all this stuff out there now, mate, because once people do start to take notice of these soaring rates of cancers and all sorts of things, they will want answers to where they come from. And people, well, I say people, the editor edition of The Sun will be telling you, are you sure it's not just because they held a bauble in their hand too long? <laughs> I was holding it in my hand, can cause you cancer. But yeah. I was just putting it on top of a tree, can cause you cancer. Does choosing the colour can, can cause you cancer? Right, okay, just double checking. But to touch on a bit of celebrity news from this year, we obviously spoke about Kanye in a double bill of episodes way earlier in the year and some of the crazy stuff that has gone down with him. I still think he's a missing person, if you ask me. Mm-hmm. MIA. Another person that dropped off in a more permanent way was Matthew Perry. Mm. Never got a chance to speak about this in an episode, but yeah, Matthew Perry died in pretty... Weird circumstances this year. Yeah, he's everyone's like beloved Sean LeBing from Friends. You know, anyone who grew up as a kid in the 80s or the 90s will fondly remember Friends being part of their dietary requirements from the weekend. Coming into school, oh, did you see Friends on Friday night, Channel 4, 9 o'clock? I remember the time, guys. 
I still remember the time. Yeah, and he was like probably one of the funniest on the show, and he oh, yeah, along definitely. with Joey. Like I feel like a lot of people, like like you said, were really fond of him. He's gone off track in recent years. Like he's had his. What was he addicted to coke? Right, he's had oh, his he's like, al- addictions, uh, alcoholic, pres- too, prescription like. drugs and stuff. Yeah, yeah right. So he's, he's had his demons to kind of battle with like drugs and alcohol and stuff. And I think a lot of people, when they heard, oh, he's tragically passed, he drowned in a jacuzzi. It was like, oh, he's off his nut. Yeah, he fell off a wagon, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. but actually, that's not. But that was that was the weirdest part for me because. I didn't want to feel like that way. Like the first thing I would have thought was, oh, it's because he used drugs. And no offence to him, you know, because he actually done very well to get out of his alcoholism and everything. Mm. But it's a shame that was the first thing everyone thought. Even me, I thought he'd take some prescription drugs, fall asleep in a tub. That seems quite a logical way that you could die in a hot tub. Only that wasn't the case. It wasn't the case at all because toxicology report was completely clear. The doctors couldn't find any clear and evident death other than drowning. So And there was no drugs found at his house. So it's like, okay, so you can rule that out. It wasn't alcohol or drugs. Okay, so it's just a tragic drowning. He just fell asleep in the tub or he, he was it's just it's just a tragedy. That's kind of strange enough as it is, but then to make it even weirder, he had had a massive hiatus from social media during like the COVID era. He just stopped going on it. So he hadn't been on social media for a very long time and then suddenly, out of nowhere, he's back on it. But he's putting up these really weird cryptic posts where he was saying, I'm Matt Man, mm-hmm. like a spin on Batman. And he was taking pictures of the full moon. And his very last post was like a picture of him in a swirling tub and had some cryptic message about, mmm, the swirling water makes me feel good. I am Matt Man. It was like pretty bizarre behaviour, like... People might say, well, you know, celebrities are weird. It's like, imagine if it was one of your mates. Like, he'd been off Facebook for, like, a few years. Then he comes back and he's like, I'm Matt Man. And he's sticking up pictures of full moons and putting up all this cryptic shit. You'd be like, he's lost it. Especially if you knew that guy was sober. Yeah, right. If he was in his, like, smack years, you'd be like, he's using again. He's back on it. What, Facebook? Yeah, and the gear. (laughs) Dude, like, it'd be fucking weird. Yeah. And it was weird. But then... To top it all off, and to top him off, yeah. he then dies in the same jacuzzi he got yeah. a picture of. The last ever picture taken of him. Bizarre, man. In the same jacuzzi with the same headphones on. It's almost like sick, dark humour mm-hmm. that, that that's even the way that he... And like the links yeah. to Batman. What was the latest Batman? was like, I am vengeance, or whatever. It's like, okay, mm. what, what is this? Like, everything about it is like, seems like some sort of a sacrifice. Celebrities have got a knack of falling asleep in the tub and drowning in the bath. Like, well, how many celebrities like drown in baths and stuff? Don't hear about this in normal, like... Normal people don't seem to do it. Everyday life, do you? Like, yeah. another one drowned in the tub. Like, what the fuck? i got to be so careful with my missus. You shall see her every Saturday night after keep coming in every fucking ten minutes to make sure her head's above water. I mean, I know it happens, but it happens a lot more in the world of celebrity. Fuck yeah, they're, dying, they're all dying in bathtubs, man. And then we know that the sort of satanic baptism or whatever like in a lot of these music videos they're getting baptised in blood and in bathtubs and Mm -hmm. you go back and look there's loads of celebrity pop videos and hip hop videos where you're seeing this stuff again and again and again you're like that that's a sacrifice thing going on there these constant deaths in the tub but that was that was tragic and very weird very sus I mean a lot of people were saying oh look how he was pushing the vax 
And like I, t I did see him like, go and get jabbed. And he's wearing some T-shirt and it said in the Chandler voice, could I be any more vaccinated? Man. Printed on the T-shirt in the Friends logo with all the dots. Man, oh, Matthew God. Perry, could you be any more dead? <laughs> I do not believe anything that came out about that. I, hard, I find it so hard to believe that that was just a tragic turn of events. Even sort of thing, like, look at the intro of the show with they're, they're in a water fountain. And he's the only one who does... Right, he had him squirting the water out, which suggests that he was underneath it at one point. Isn't there an episode as well? Like, the episode with Chandler in the bath or something. One of the episodes is called something like, like that. Kind of bizarre, but... Oh, there was that episode that he was in Friends with Monica in a bath and he had to push her head under the water to keep... Joey from knowing uh, that they were a thing. If it was the other way round and Monica was pushing his head underwater, I would be very suspicious. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess you can, like, it's very easy to start pulling all this stuff out and go, look at it, like, it's all there for you to see. But it, there's there's enough there that it's like, what the hell is going on there? I feel like we're, we're going to see more and more of that as well. Yeah. Celebrities just sort of turning up dead. The deaths of, like, uh, Chris Cornell and Chester Bennington are so sus as well. Yeah, in, it's almost sort of like, if they can't make it look like you killed yourself in Hollywood, can they just give you like a sedative so you would just be like a Matthew Perry and just fall asleep in your bathtub? Some people believe that celebrities do deals with them where it's like, you know, people are saying, he's on Epstein's flight log and almost like they offer him, like, do you want a hero's death? Like you're... Yeah. Your you know legend will remain intact, and people will just think you were a you know oh tragic death. And or, or would you like Jimmy Savile's death? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, or do you want to be exposed like <laughs> Bill Cosby style? Not exposed in that way. <laughs> Not exposing yourself. We leave that to you. You've had King Charles as well recently at the COP twenty eight meeting, banging on about climate change, telling world leaders that the Earth does not belong to us. Who does it belong to then, Charles? You keep saying the, the reptilians? We keep telling us the planet's heating up. Well, it might feel that way if you keep going over to bloody Dubai. <laughs> yeah, and he says, like, oh, his, his grandchildren will be living with the effects of climate change in 2050. Yeah, he's like scare, scaremongering, basically saying, like, generations in the future that won't even have an earth to inherit. It's a weird sort of thing to say, though, like, the earth does not belong to us. I feel like this whole climate cult is pushing this idea, actually, that we're completely separated from nature. Yeah. When we're not. We're not. And also that it's almost like the Agent Smith mentality of, like, humanity is a virus. Mm. And we're different from every other organism on the planet. Humanity just infects everything it touches. It's almost like feeding us this idea of, like, we'd be better off if nature did take over and we were just wiped off the face of humanity because mm. we're killing the planet. It's like the planet will eventually swallow us whole and it, and if we didn't battle nature away from us constantly, it would swallow us whole. Well, you yeah, know if I mean? we didn't have dams uh, for, for water flow... Yeah, uh, if we didn't, like, cut trees down... All sorts of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> that you just be like like overgrown plants everywhere. You know what you see like, oh, if there was like nu nuclear war, how it would look in the future or in like Last of Us or something. I, I am legends. Over time, there would be like no trace that humanity was even here. But we're led to believe like that we have the power to kill the planet. I know. Uh, you know, we spoke about him extensively in... God Save Us From The King, that episode. Yeah. and When he was crowned. Oh, yes. Uh, the coronation. But he's become this... As we coined it, like the climate... Did we coin it? I don't think we coined it. But the climate guru. 
No, he? he's yeah, he's he's been dubbed the climate king. That was it, yes. But this is from a man who you know still lives in giant castles, uh, has a car that apparently runs on wine. <laughs> yeah, that is true, people. So you know, why are we listening to this guy? And plus, that doesn't stop. I mean, if anyone's been in the news recently, and we did see this, you know, we all this stuff about Charles and trying to tell us to watch our carbon footprint and look after the planet, then why doesn't he speak to the Americans about all those nukes they've been dropping in the ocean? It's all very well for him to step up and tell everyone at the COP28, we should look after our planet. And you're like, yeah, just someone tell the Americans that. Yeah, right. Since the whole like Israel conflict, yeah. America's been like testing nuclear bombs in the ocean. You can go on like YouTube and watch the clips. How much ocean life are they destroying and what kind of radioactivity is going into the water? But we have to drink out of paper straws yeah, and just buy, disintegrate. And buy an electric car. <laughs> but they're just like, laying off nukes in the ocean. Like willy-nilly. But yeah, that like never gets a mention. And wasn't it the case of like, because quite a few like political leaders and you know, diplomats or whatever, came from the UK, right? But wasn't it the case that a few of the main players got, like, different private jets? Yeah, three different private planes <laughs> that flew. And they're all going to the same location. I know you like a private plane, but if it's just three of you on one little plane, how much more private do you need to be? Yeah, well, Lolita Express private, maybe. But, yeah, it's it, there's such hypocrites. Just that alone, you can't take it seriously. But it's all the same, like, oh, our grandchildren, and what world are we living in? And by this date, we're all going to be underwater, or we're all going to be burnt to death. Like, we've heard this so many times. Never comes true. No. Like, it's all just a load of fucking bollocks. We've got too much carbon in the atmosphere. There's not enough. The planet's heating up, and we're going to boil. The planet's actually not heating up anymore. <laughs> it's like everything they say, just invert it. We're running out of fossil fuels. They're regenerative and we wouldn't run out of them and we could have free energy for everyone, but you're blocking that happening. COVID is real! Now I see where this is going. <laughs> Electric cars are the future! <laughs> yeah, because you want them to be self-driving and you decide whether they go or not and where they go when they do. And plus, there's nothing more beautiful to the sight of you than seeing hundreds of millions of young children down in mines <laughs> for the lithium. Yeah, then batteries don't mine themselves. Yeah, it's uh, pretty depressing. I'm sure we're going to see a lot more of that in 2024. The rise of the climate king. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Charles. But we had our own little climate disaster, didn't we? Oh, yeah. When we recently went to Pizza Hut. I'm not proud of it. No, we I mean, we don't eat a lot of fast food. I mean, I don't eat McDonald's or any of that crap, but... Yeah, we fun. needed somewhere to go. It's like Pizza Hut at the bottom of my road. It was like, let's just go there. But we're, we're waiting... Because we were old school like that. We didn't, you know, we were like, we go for the pickup. Yeah, we don't call in on our phones and get it delivered, you know. Yeah. Or use apps. You know, yeah. we, we did the traditional way, walking at the desk. Hello, sir. <laughs> I would like a pizza. That is why I'm here. But yeah, we're waiting there to get the pizza. And we suddenly notice like there's a lot of spraying going on. Well, that's an unfamiliar sound coming out of a pizza shop. I mean, <laughs> it was like... What the hell is going on? The rattle of something that I used to spray <laughs> underneath the bridge in Cuffley train station when I was a kid. There's like a guy there, literally, like hand on each spray, like spraying the pizzas like he's the next Banksy. <laughs> no, it was more like it was like a body shop. I was expecting Sam Smith to come out. Yeah, the body shop. Maybe that's why he likes it. He looks like he likes pizza. Yeah, but the difference to body shop, at least they would be banging on the sound of, I don't know, exhausts going off. This was just... 
Yeah, they're, they're, they're spraying the pizzas with flavouring spray. Apparently, everyone. Mm. But it's basically to make them glisten, like how they look in the photos kind of thing. And the guy's like to us, like, you want spray? And we're like, what, what is it? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, we have to like, kind of stop, stop them. What, the big orange can with the biohazard symbol on it? No, we're fine, thanks. But we're like, no, nah, no. Nah. And we sort of inquired about it. And he was like, oh, it's to give them like a sheen. So it's literally like spraying cars in a body shop. Shop. It's just to make them look more like the picture. It's almost like they've done a survey. And like, <laughs> people's main problem is that they, the pieces, they don't really look like how they look in the picture. So we need to go to where they took the photos of the pizza. We must yes. find this guy who took these pictures. Yes, what did you use? And he told us, I use sheen. So we get the sheen. And now we put sheen on pizza? <laughs> and no one complains anymore. You know, biggest customer complaint. I liked my food. It was tasty, but did not look like the pizza. <laughs> but it's basically like garlic sheen that they're spraying all the pizzas with. Some guy like doing like flamingo dance, spinning around, <laughs> like spraying all over the place. But you got one, and even though you didn't ask for the spray, your one... They dumped a load of powder over, like toxic powder. It was meant to be like fake powder cheese, which I'm sure we've all seen, but it had these tiny little like bit of green, green sha- shavings going through. I mean, it was practically soil and fucking green. I mean, I was literally having cumins mixed with dry pizza on my pizza. And the fact is, when I picked it up and tasted it, it was like, so it's cheese. I was like, oh, let me get a little bit of the green bit and see if it's taste of a chive. <laughs> nope, that tastes of cheese as well. I almost want to say to the guy, like, what's this for? Like, decorative? No, 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 just to make it look like pizza. What, what, so in Italy, do they, like, throw this cheesy chai powder over stuff to make a pizza look good? No, 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 they don't make pizza like that in Italy. It was almost like they're trying to remind people of, like, flour that's sort of, like, sprinkled over the desk as they're rolling the pizza. It's like, it makes people think of, like, Italy if you just, like, chuck a load of white powder over it. Well, look at these horrible alternatives, guys. I mean, we have, on one hand, a pizza that gets an aerosol can of garlic spray... Sheen. Sheen. Sorry, it's good, the sheen. Endorsed by Charlie Sheen. You know, that is on the adverts. It does say in small print only contains 136 carcinogenic chemicals not proven yet. So yeah, okay, you got that alternative, and then you've got what I had last night, which was the dusty chivey sprinkle. Is these real chives, sir? No, no, it is silent cream. Okay. Toxic powder. You know, it, it does. Toxic powder and dust. It mixed together. It makes it taste nice. It looks more authentic. It's the Johnson & Johnson baby powder that they had a massive surplus stock of. <laughs> the one that was giving people cancer. No, but we were joking, saying, fucking hell, you know, we've not had the jabs, but we're probably getting our dose at, like, Pizza Hut, even through the spray or the powder. This is, like, nanotechnology or some kind of, like, toxic dust that's going inside us. I mean- where do they think people are? This is the future. What people are even eating now, guys? I mean, Pizza Hut isn't exactly healthy. Believe me, we're going in there with no charm of knowing it's a pretty grubby place to eat. I know, but, but, but spraying the, the stuff, really? It's like insult to injury, mate. <laughs> I'm certain I'm going to die from something from eating out there now. But yeah, with the rise of synthetic meat and... Sheen. <laughs> pizza sheen. <laughs> And bugs in all kinds of food that we spoke about with Max Eigen when we had him on the show. 
Who knows what will be in store in the near future? Other predictions for 2024? Yeah, more climate bollocks, more COVID scaremongering. We'll see what happens with this treaty. I'm sure the Israel-Palestine conflict will be continuing and we're going to be doing a special on that early on in the new year. I don't see India doing any more space launches anytime soon. Not not until they get a new graphics program. Oh, I, they update to the Mega Drive. I did hear the Democratic Republic of Congo uh, attempting to get the next guy on the moon. Okay. Yeah. Be first African country with a space program. I think uh, they're totally out of space for thinking that. <laughs> What's their one going to be made out of? Like paper mache. We're going to have the whole election in America going on next year. Trump is obviously saying he's running again and who knows what will happen there. But yeah, other than that, we look forward to hearing people's suggestions of who we should have on the show and what subjects we should cover. Yeah, we're going to already got a couple of guests in mind at the start of the year. As always, bountiful content coming from the pair of us uh, to break up the monotony of the life that we live. In the meantime, hope everyone has a very happy Christmas and New Year. Mm, do indeed. And big thanks to all our fans and followers, everyone that follows us on our Instagram, Rumble channel, tunes into us on Podbeam, Spotify. Telegram. Yep. Mm-hmm. Keep spreading the word. Yeah, remain free in your consciousness. And keep watching the skies. Schism out. It might be Santa. It might might be Santa up there, it might be aliens. Do aliens wear red hats? I hope you enjoyed that episode of The Schism. We've got plenty more episodes on the way. In the meantime, follow us on our Instagram at schism.tv and keep watching the skies. (laughs) 